Well, we are finishing up our message series today's part four, Winning the War in Your Mind. Today's title is Calm Your Anxious Mind. Calm Your Anxious Mind. There's a lot of things happening out in the world, and I think many people need to have their minds calmed and to know how to focus in the midst of things that seem to be shaking around us. So we, just to uh, review a little bit, what do we know about winning the war in our mind? We've been saying a lot of things, a lot of statements over the last three weeks, and we know that most of life's battles we've been saying are won or lost where? In, in your our mind. mind. Because how we think is going to influence our behavior and our beliefs. And whatever we think on long enough, we begin to believe and then we begin to act upon it and our behavior lines up with it. And there you do. There mm-hmm. you have it. You, uh, you've, it. It begins to define how you live your life. Yes. And, and this is why God tells us specifically after we are born again in Scripture, we've been looking at Romans 12 too. If you want to open it in your Bible to Romans 12 too. What we need to do with our mind after we're born again, we do need to do something with our mind. People come to Christ, and I think maybe if you don't read the Word of God, you think, well, now I, you say God's good. I'm just going to sit back and wait for the goodness to come. Well, it doesn't really work that way exactly. If we desire to live a blessed life, if we desire to live an overcoming life, Our mind is a key to this. What we do with our mind is going to be key. So Romans 12, 2 says this, and we should probably all be able to say this by heart by now. Do not be conformed to the pattern. Yeah, to conform to this world. Some translations say to the pattern of this world. Like in other words, don't be thinking the way the world thinks, okay? But be transformed. How are we going to be transformed? Here we go. By the renewing of your mind. Now, why is this important? This is the second half of the verse. Why is this important? That you may prove Prove. what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yes. So a renewed mind has the power to transform our lives. And, And Chris, I think last week during his exhortation said something along this line that it's not just, we're not just waiting to get to heaven. Come on. You know, we rise from the dead. We're going to get glorified bodies. Yes, we'll be changed. It says in a twinkling of an eye. But that's immortality. Right now, this scripture tells us our lives can be transformed in the present. Hallelujah. Mind renewal is what opens the door to changes in our lives. And it opens the door for us to experience who God is. And more of the manifestation of his kingdom, as we believe the truths in the Bible, it releases more of the kingdom of God in the midst of us. Unbelief can shut it down, and faith opens it up. So we want to be people of faith, right? Come on. Amen. So let's just pause and pray before we continue on. Father, we we do desire. We desire life transformation, Lord. That's why we're here. That's why we're fellowshipping around your word. And so we desire, Father, your word says that we could walk in your good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. Yes. To help us, Holy Spirit. You are the teacher of the church. Teach us. Open our eyes to see strongholds, lies that we've been believing, things that are holding us back, holding us in bondage, Mm. that we might walk free, Father, and walk in the transformation. It'll bring you glory, and it'll bring blessing to our life and blessing to others. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's just review a little bit since we've been at this for three weeks, what we've been saying this, that our lives are always moving in the direction of our most dominant thoughts, Mm -hmm. the strongest thoughts that we think, the most, the thoughts that we think habitually, the life that we have is a reflection of the dominant, of those dominant thoughts. Amen. So whether they're positive or negative, it can go either way. Godly thoughts or ungodly thoughts, these things are going to produce in your life. You can have thoughts of love and building things up and hope, or you can have thoughts that go in the other direction of tearing down and looking at the negative. So the condition of your soul, the condition of my soul, will influence the entire direction of our life. These are are really important truths that we grab hold of. And so because of this, If this is true, and it is true, 
Do you like the direction that your thoughts are taking you? Mm. You just think about your life. I mean, none of us have a, some perfect life. But in general, sometimes when we look back on our life and then we think, do I like where my life is going? Do you like the direction that your thoughts are taking you? We did a little thought audit a couple of weeks ago. How how would you typify the thoughts and the outlook of your life? We, We asked that question, is the glass of your life, so to speak, half empty or is it half full? Half empty or half full. And when you look at scripture, God certainly wants us to look at our life like it's, we're filled with hope. Amen. So our life, our glass of our life should be half full, right? He says, may the God of all hope so fill you with joy and peace in believing that you would abound in hope. And, And hope is this expectation of good. That somehow God will work out the things, the difficulties in my life and bring good out of yes. it. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came to do what? Bring you life and life more abundantly. Yes. And Psalm 23 says he anoints my head. Oh, it does sound like yeah. you just went. It went off. We'll get this mic. There we go. It says in Psalm 23 that God anoints my head with oil and my cup runs, runs over. over, right? Yeah. <laughs> runs over. Yet so many times if Christians don't understand and even have faith and believe in these promises and these truths in the word of God, you live more or less with your life, maybe your cup barely full, mm. Right. My cup is barely full. And yet the truth of the matter is, Scripture says we have been blessed in, in Ephesians 1 with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Every, every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That's a cup full. That's a cup full. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we're loved hmm. more than we'll ever know. He loved us when we were dead in our sin and saved us and raised yeah. us up to sit with him. So we are loved more, more than we will ever know. So why is it so hard for us to grab onto these truths? Unless, some, unless you all are sitting here and go, it's no problem for me. I, I get it. <laughs> why is it hard for us to grab onto these truths and to believe that? Well, I think one of the main reasons is we, we come into the world, you know, as a babe, we're born with a kind of a blank slate, if you will. Yet, because we're born with a fallen nature that yeah. we inherited from Adam... You know, it predisposes us to sin, and it predisposes us to negativity because we are separated from the life of God. And we, 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 t- we are bent with that sin nature towards selfishness and even rebellion against God, thinking independent of God. Right. And then depending get, get on your family environment, how you grew up, the experiences you had, the words that were spoken to you, maybe words of love and affirmation that were never spoken to you, that you needed to hear. From all these things, we begin to form, we have thoughts which become beliefs, which become a filter. We've talked about this last week. The filter that you begin to see yourself through, you see others through, you see Mm -hmm. your future through. And so the things that we've learned and the things that we've heard and experienced since childhood. Now let's face it, if you were taught God's word as a kid... And you were taught how to discern a lie in your mind. Come on. Like it says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. So as a parent, you're trying to help your child. That's how the world thinks. This is how God sees you. Come on. Wow. You could grow up. You could become a teenager. And that's one of the greatest gifts. You know, you could be giving your children. Come on. Because you're teaching them to see life through God's filter, not the world's filter. Jeez. And you come into adulthood and you're far more ready yes. to face what the world is going to push at you in lies because you've got some spiritual weapons under your belt. It's like <laughs> you, you can see through some, many of these things. You're actually way ahead of the, the game. Amen. You know, you're, you're on your way to winning that war. Yeah, but most of us didn't have that privilege. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, and so what did we do? We believed lies. We believed lies, but we didn't even know that they were lies, did we? 
You know, and so that was built into our base foundation of our thinking. So we've believed lies not knowing that they were lies. And so what does that do? That creates a belief system. Not just one thought. It's a belief system that happens. Like you might be thinking it's like, I, you, the thoughts are like, I'm, I just can't figure this out. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm ashamed of my past. I'm ashamed of myself. Or you know, I don't need God. I've, I've got this. You, <laughs> or because of the experience of your past, you say, I can't trust anybody. Or, you know, I've got to watch out for myself because nobody else is going to take care of me. I'm going to do it myself. And then we struggle with these thoughts. And again, the devil knows what he's doing. He causes them to be repetitive, negative, demeaning, you know, fearful thoughts. And so what happens to us, these become like the foundation and the building blocks of how we see and perceive the world. Framing, we talked about that. You know, these things cause us to be moody, they cause us to react a certain way. They, you know, you're either fighting or you're withdrawn and silent about everything. Or you, you start arguments. You know how to push buttons, so to speak. Husbands and wives. <laughs> and what happens? Then we regret the outcome. We do. You know, and then honestly, you know what we say? Because I've done this. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to say that anymore. And you know what? We mean it. We do. But then what happens? We find ourselves doing the same thing over and over and over because we think it's almost self-determination that we're going to overcome these things. Uh, but it, it causes our typical reactions. It, it causes the moods that we're in. Can anybody see this happening? Uh, you have a thought, and it's because it's the easiest thought that you've been thinking. And so now your mood's changed. Everybody's out against you. And nothing is going to change with your self-determination. This is what we have to do. Three things now. We have to, number one, we have to ask God to help us identify the lies that we've been believing. See, the the. The devil is the deceiver. He, deceiver. he wants you to believe what's false as though it's true. And because the way we all grew up, we didn't even know they were lies. We didn't know they were lies. But by us renewing our mind and agreeing with what the Bible says, we're recognizing. So we need to ask God to help us identify the lies we've been believing. That's the first step, folks. And then we have to intentionally reject those thoughts. I mean, you have to be determined to do this. You have to be aware. You have to know what you're doing. You just can't think, like Pastor Mamie says, Oh, God's good. Okay, I'm done. No, you have to ask God to help you discover the lies. Identify the lies. And then we have to intentionally reject the thoughts. We need to cast them down. These thoughts are your enemies. And they want to destroy your life. And so you have to fight like you're in hand-to-hand combat. And that takes effort on your part and on my part. And then what do we do? Then we replace those thoughts with God's truth. Yeah. We think on God's word, but we have to do that repetitively. Yeah. Remember what we said? It's like the thoughts that we create, it's like a pathway, and it's almost a default way your mind will start to think. If you think negative and you've been thinking negative all your life, you default to that negative. Yeah. We're changing the pathway, and it takes a lot of effort to do this. Yeah. You have to rewire your mind, your brain. We have to renew it with the truth of God. And we said this. We said, how can that be? And how can we advance it so quickly? Because some of us don't have much time. 
We said to write it, speak it, think it, until you believe it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It might light you up when you recognize that. And God's saying that he says, this is who you are. But then our history of our past brings us back to, oh man, oh man. So now we have to intentionally throw down those lies, cast those lies down, and believe the word of God. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you know the Bible has a lot to say about your mind. It does, yeah. A lot. And remember what he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're mighty through God for the pulling down, for the destruction of these fortresses. You've got to learn to hate these lies that we've been believing. I mean, these things, you hate your enemies. God hates evil. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. Look what it says, verse 22. It says, strip yourselves of your former nature, which characterized your previous manner of life, and be constantly, what's that word? Renewed. Yes, constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. This takes work. But praise God, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Right. We, we, the Bible declares you're to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But then it goes right on and says, it says, but not in your own strength, in God's strength. Yes. So yeah. we have to learn how to... Yeah. Go in God's strength. Yeah. We're not quitters. Right. We endure till the end. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And really, we partner with God when yes. we do this. He's all for us to have our mind renewed. And so we talked about meditation. You need to fill your mind. It's not just, mm. you know, Eastern meditation, empty your mind. This is about filling your mind. Of course, we do cast down that imagination. Yes. But we want to fill it with truth. And as our mind gets renewed, we start to think about the goodness of God. It says here, have a fresh, a fresh mental mm. and spiritual attitude. I like that. Yes. So when you just meditate a little bit on the vastness of the, of the greatness of God's love for you, mm. what it meant to have our sins forgiven. Oh, hallelujah. And, and a plan for your life to be given the gift of righteousness. Even when we were dead in our sin, he cleansed us. I gave you a robe of righteousness. Mm. You're my child. I gave you the fruit of the spirit for you to walk in. Yes. I've given you my word. And I get, he's given us the Holy Spirit. The spirit of God on the inside of us. Like we are walking temples of God. Yes. To guide us. So as we read the word of God, the spirit of God then can give us wisdom and understanding to discern what we see in the world and how to guide us in in the right path. You know, when we meditate on these things, it's almost as though like our lives take on, scripture talks about the sweet aroma of Christ. There's something released then from our lives is our minds stay fixed on him. Mm. There's a sweet aroma. Look at Isaiah 26 says this. You will keep him. Yeah, here we go. In perfect peace, whose what? Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Yes. So when we're thinking on the promises of God, we're thinking on the greatness of God, his love for me, this has to be personal. Yes. It says, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. You know, there's just a sweeter aroma when it says a fresh attitude, a sweeter aroma of Christ in our lives when our thought life is dwelling in the right place. You have something to offer somebody. Like when your mind has been filled with the things of God, like maybe you've been reading in the morning and you walk out, you go to work, even if people are opposed to you, it's easier to just talk and give somebody a little cup of hope, if you will. Like you're offering them a smile and say, well, you know, here's how, it ha- here's how it goes in my life. Versus we could also offer people something from a negative side. Like, mm. well, we can offer people hope or we can offer people like a, 
a cup of gloom, like, well, I know, life is hard, and like we were in the chiropractor's office this past week. This was crazy. <laughs> and the lady before us, um, she had just finished her appointment, and she was probably like in her mid-70s or so, I don't know, but she had this walker, and she had the kind of walker where you could get around the front of it and then sit down. And so she, uh, Steve and I were just sitting in the waiting room, and it's a small room, so you could just hear everybody's conversation. And so she paid her bill, and then she sat down in that walker, and she just started the talk about, <laughs> she said, well, you know, Nancy, I never thought, I didn't expect to have all the aches and pains that I have in my life and the health problems so early in my life, and I knew that I'd have them, but not this early, not this soon. And then she said, I just remember how my mother, it was so sad for her because as she got older, all her friends were dying, and she had no friends left. And then she went on some more, and, and how all of her own friends are now getting sick. Everybody I talked to was getting sick. And I just go on the internet, and I start yeah. scouring the internet to find out, you know, what exactly that illness and disease is so that I could maybe help them. And I'm learning about these illnesses, and her voice just went on. And she trailed on about health problems with her grandchildren and, and the family dynamics and you know, I thought, wow, like she's handing us all a big cup, but it wasn't, a, <laughs> yeah. there, was a, there was a Christmas tree twinkling in the corner of the room, and I'm it thinking, it got dimmer. It got dimmer. <laughs> it was like, this was not a cup of cheer, it was like a cup of gloom. I leaned over to Stephen Smout and said, I go first in this appointment. <laughs> <You know>? Get me <laughs> like, out of here. I'm getting out of this room. Yeah. But it just reminded us later on, whenever we were writing this message, and it reminded us of that old show. How many of you remember that old um, hee-haw show? Gloom, doom, and agony yeah. on me. And we thought, well, we'll just play a little clip of that so you could understand what this is about. Play that clip. <laughs> Turn it up. Gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep dark depression. <laughs> Excessive misery it was like, oh, this is not really what I want my ears to be hearing and listening to. And, that, and Nancy was so gracious, the receptionist, I could hear her behind going, uh-huh, oh, well, I know that happens. And then whenever the lady finally left the room. Left. She comes out from behind and plays her desk and goes, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be those people. Yeah, let's not Amen? be those people. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it, it, really, today's message is called, it's, it's titled, Calm My Anxious Mind. Uh, you, because more and more, every day, people are overwhelmed by what's going, around, going on around them. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. You know, we thought that we'd go back to a new normal after the covid uh, no, it seems like there's more and more difficulty. You have wars going on. You have people just giving up hope. You have people murdering people. Just, it's, yeah. it's, it's really, you know, you the have these woke ideologies that are just permeating society. They're being taught in the universities. They're being taught in elementary school. They're being taught in kindergarten. And all of it is to design to destroy biblical moral values. They want to get rid of the name of Jesus, and they want to get rid of the Bible. Listen, that's not even including the, the problems we have in our own lives, you know. Uh, it's easy to feel the, the pressing. It's easy to feel the pressure. Yeah. And it, it will shake your mind unless you have... It anchored in the right place. Amen. But we cannot grow weary in doing what we're doing. Yeah, right. Because, you know, it's easy to faint in your mind, isn't it? 
Haven't we all found that out? Yeah. We, it is easy to faint in your mind. But, you know, again, I'll go back to the same thing. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And we have to be intentional on what we're doing. We can't just take this for granted just because I came to church while well, I'm good for the week. Yeah. You, you cannot think, well, I read my early morning reading. I'm good for the day. No, you have to, you have to keep yourself open to, to the Lord all day long. Yeah, whose mind is stayed on the Yeah, young. because, you, you know, people burn the candle at both ends. And the pace of this, this life, it's a false pace. It's not a real pace. It's to grind you to dirt and to powder. And so how do we break the gravitational pull, so to speak, of the news and this despair and agony on me? <laughs> how do we get the stability that we need? How do we, how do we stand strong in the truth? And it's only found in Jesus Christ, folks. The end. There's no other way. And how do we draw on his strength? How do we do that? How do we do that? I want you to turn to Isaiah 40. Isaiah chapter 40. How do we draw on God's strength? First of all, you have to have a personal relationship with him. Yeah, that's true. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. Look what it says. Verse 28. I want you to go to verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint, nor is he weary. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives power to the faint, and those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Look at this. The Lord, the everlasting Lord, (laughs) the creator of the ends of the earth. His power is without end. It's inexhaustible. You know, his wisdom, his understanding is inscrutable. That means you can't figure it out. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's mysterious. It's unfathomable. It, it, the key is, is that Jesus has made unto us wisdom. He's made unto us wisdom. How do we connect with that? Personal relationship with Christ. We wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Do we wait upon it? How do we wait upon the Lord? Wait upon him. Is that just sitting here doing nothing? It's like what Pastor Mamie was saying about the Eastern religion. I'm emptying my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Which is quite easy for me. (laughs) I want to go back to that this in this scripture where you just mentioned it, it says inscrutable, like his, mm-hmm. his, his ways, it says um, his understanding is inscrutable. Yes. And which does mean immense. It means it's mysterious. It's deep, so deep, it's unfathomable. Like we can't hardly grasp it. And the creator of the ends of the earth, and it made me think about, again, the sky. Yeah. Cosmology. And, uh, you know, I go, I've mentioned this <clears throat> some messages ago, but they have this new James Webb telescope that can see far deeper into the universe than ever before. And it highlights greater the vastness and the depth of where it goes on and on and on. And, and I was reading something that said this, that you could hold, they now see so far deep into it. They said, if you take a sewing needle and hold it up, towards the night sky, within the little uh, opening of the sewing needle, you could see 10,000, if you could see, 10,000 galaxies. And if you move it an inch to the right, you would see 10,000 more, and an inch to the left, 
10,000 more. Galaxies. Galaxies, not a star. A galaxy has like billions of stars. Yes. Yeah. And now they know, I mean, and these numbers are beyond, we could say, like, <laughs> I, I'll say this, they know there are at least two trillion galaxies. Well, what's a trillion? It's, it's like a one with 12 zeros, or it's, it's 2,000 billions. Our single, our, our Milky Way is just one galaxy right. out, of a, out of a trillion, and it has 200 billion stars. Now listen, if you were going to travel, this may help us understand even the size of it. If you could travel at the speed of light, which we cannot, 186,000 miles per second. Per second. Per second. It would take you 25,000 years to reach the middle of the Milky Way. That's our just, That's just our Milky Way. Okay. And think about it, the vastness. And Earth is this little planet, mm -hmm. you know, orbiting like this, what you would consider like a mid-ranking star. Like our sun isn't even that big in comparison to other stars <laughs> compared to some. I mean, the entire planetary system, you know, is happening in one tiny spot of our galaxy, what, we, right. what we have here with Earth. Out of billions of galaxies... It's very humbling yes, amen. when you even take look at pictures of it and you think, whoa. And our God, measured out, it says the heavens, right, with the span of his hand. <laughs> yeah. He spun off all the galaxies. Think yes, about it. Amen. With his infinite intelligence, nothing's crashing into each other. It's all put in order. Mm -hmm. And he's upholding it all, yeah, by the word of his power. And he cares about what happens on this incredibly tiny little planet Amen. called Earth. I mean, when you look at this and you, they pull it down to size, it's like we're just like a speck of dust in comparison to what's out there. Yeah. And he cares about it. And, and, and I think, you know, we're the only one, because they look through this telescope, with any, we have all the exquisite life and creation on it. Come on. It's beautiful. Everything else is dead. <laughs> right. And I think for God so loved the world that he gave mm -hmm. his only begotten son. I mean, just consider Sweet. for a moment the vastness of what he did for us, the universe, and all of its creation, his mighty handiwork, that he would humble himself. Mm. He would send his son to humble himself, you know, to come to us, to a rebellious planet, well, a rebellious people. Yes. Yes. If all the billions of, th of planets in the universe, he, he condescends, he humbles himself to come to us, to redeem us, and to redeem this, this planet. He's going to redeem all creation. Amen. Isn't that an awesome thought? Yes. And he's going to establish his kingdom reign. It says here on the earth. And then he's inviting his people, yes. you, if you're a child of God, to eventually rule and reign with him. What does that even mean? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, you know, on the day of Christ, when he comes and he sets up his millennial reign, that all the universe will begin to become alive. Wow. And he'll say, you go over there and rule on that galaxy over there. Galaxy, not a planet, not a, a planet. galaxy. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't know these things. But he is going to resurrect it all Hallelujah. to life. And so his, think about his infinite power and glory and all, that, and all of that. And yet he desires to know you. Yeah, come on now. He desires to know you. He calls you by name. He's made us able to become his child. And when you begin to read this, and, and I would recommend you read the whole of chapter 40 in yes. Isaiah because it speaks to a lot of this, mm -hmm. the vastness of the universe and how he stretched out the heavens and he knows the stars by name. And He looks around, he knows none of them are missing. That's right. And yeah. he knows the number of hairs on your yeah. head. Look at verse 29. But we'll 29. draw strength from this. Yeah. We say, how are we going to draw strength? Well, Come when on. we meditate on these things, we realize yes. That's it. he loves me. He's for me. He has a plan for me. He's put his spirit in me. I mean, all of a sudden, your life takes on such greater meaning. 
and joy, even in the midst of the difficulties of life, we realized yes. as we, we went over in First Peter a while ago, that we have this living hope beyond this life. Amen. No matter what happens to us in this life, we have an inheritance reserved for us laid up in heaven that's beyond decay. It's, it's through Christ. And so that, that should give us joy no matter what happens Amen. in our life. Glory that's not God. the end of the story. Even death is not the end. That's right. It is not the end. It's a stepping over into the realm of eternity with Christ. Yeah. Glory to God. And so we draw strength and hope from these truths as we meditate on them and put them in our mind and heart. Golly. He gives power, it says on... We'll Verse 29. That, yeah. Yeah, look the, at that. For the faint. He gives power to the faint. And every single one of us has felt fainted before in our lives. He gives strength to those who have no might. He increases our strength. He incre- so how do we draw upon it? When we're, we have all these anxious thoughts, our minds are sometimes going wild because everything is shaking around us, you know? God knows all this stuff. He knows exactly where you are. He's all-powerful. You know, he's, he, again, you have to own that he loves you. He loves you. He, he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Now, you can't wrap your head around that, but it's worth trying. He loves you. And what does it say in Hebrews 12 or 4? It says, let us come with confidence yeah. to the throne of grace. Yeah. Come with confidence to the throne of grace. The God who spoke all this into existence, he wants you to come to him in confidence so that we could obtain mercy, find grace in the time of need. He wants to help us. Come boldly to his throne. And he's willing to use his power on your behalf for your benefit. And he knows better than you think you know. Because we're limited in what we see here. Right. And he knows yeah. the beginning to the end. Talk about the big picture when you think of the universe. Yeah. He gets it. He understands. And so he's, yeah. he's for you. Yes. Going his way is always the best. Yeah. And it because says, verse 31, it says, those who wait upon the Lord yeah. shall renew their strength. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean you're just like standing in line at the bank. Well, in your thumbs, when is it going to be my turn? When's it going to be my turn? When's it going to be my turn? That's not what he says. What it goes back to what that Hebrew word means. Wait. 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 It means being entwined. Being entwined with him. Yeah. Not separated. Waiting on the Lord means being entwined with him. That's fellowship with him. This is really important because what do we have to do? We have to be intentional about this. It just isn't going to happen. If you're just sitting waiting for it to happen, and I came to church on Sunday, and how come my life's a mess? Well, go back to your thought audit. (laughs) What have you been thinking about? You know, you got yourself in this mess. You think it's going to be two seconds to get out of it? It's not. You have to renew your mind, and that takes effort. I want to draw on the Lord's strength. And guess what? You do it his way. (laughs) Uh, That's our independent attitudes here in the United States of America. We think we could do it any way we want, and God should be our servant. Doesn't happen that way. (laughs) We need to be entwined with him. Binding with him, twisting with him. What's it say? Three cord. Strand is not easily broken. Yeah. Yeah. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, right. Go back to uh, where Paul was in prison, in the Roman prison. Yeah. What did he say? Don't be anxious about anything. Uh, None of us are in prison. None of us are waiting to get our heads chopped off. 
But Paul's saying he can do it. You can do it. In every single situation, it says. In every single situation. Philippians 4, 6. Yes. Mm -hmm. Philippians 4, 6. Let's turn there. You know, it's our prayers. Prayer. We... A prayer is a two-way communication. It's 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 where we and we let's say we get tangled up with the heart of God. Is really what prayer is about. It says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, every single situation, if it's on your heart, if it's in your mind, it's on God's heart." Amen. He cares about you more than you can imagine. Pastor Mamie keeps saying is, is that he loves you more than you can imagine. He loves you more than you will ever know. He cares about you than you could even imagine. It's like you're the only person. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Yeah. With thanksgiving. See, we see in part... We see in part. Do you think the children of Israel wanted to go through the wilderness? No, but what was it for? Pastor Mamie told us about it. What was it for? It was for them to renew their minds. Are you going through a wilderness? It's for your benefit. It's to renew your mind. It says, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. The God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts and your minds Through Christ Jesus. He's going to guard your heart. Guard your mind. Yeah. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we, We, again, we have to do it his way. We have to do it God's way. Yeah. We're not getting to heaven the way we want. We're doing it God's way. And that means you're abandoning your way and you're submitting yourself to God's way. And that takes effort. It takes renewing your mind. And when you do this, what are the benefits? He's going to guard your heart. What else? He's going to give you perfect peace. The fruit of the Spirit will manifest in your life. Anybody want that? Are you going to join hee-haw group? (laughs) <laughs> now you can tell who's joined the hee-haw group by just looking at them <laughs> oh you know I'm telling you the truth <laughs> but you know sometimes we even as Christians we discount the power of prayer we pray and then we it's easy to just take it right back we give it to God we take it back we give it to God and take it back and, well, I've been or, guilty of that yeah we do or sometimes people you know if, if it's Something bad happens, it's like, oh my gosh, all we can do now is pray. And I can almost imagine God like saying, and you think that's nothing? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, remember, good. I flung the universe, you know, in, into being. And I'm the one who can move mountains. I'm the one who opened blind eyes. I'm the one who can resurrect the dead. Yes. And so, no, you know, our prayer is powerful. We Amen. have to remember this. And as followers of Christ, you know, recognize that we have this, that prayer is never our last line of defense. It's our first line of offense. It's offensive. That's good. You know, we we go to God because he's the one with the power. We pray, we give him our cares, but we do pray according to his will. Yes. And he's the one who moves on our behalf then. Praise God. And just doing something as we're doing this, we're changing. We, we talked a little bit about these neuropathways, but it does change the thinking pattern in your brain. It actually begins to renew your mind and yes. it heals your brain. Like negative thoughts can become toxic in your brain. I mean, they, they've, they've done these studies where they yep. see actually these dark areas in your brain from the chemical reactions that are happening from the patterns of thought. And it's fascinating. This lady, Carolyn Leaf, she's written books, Switch on Your Brain or Why Switch Off My Brain. <laughs> Great They're books. Really good books about this stuff. She said it's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. So in other words, 
It's like this neuroplasticity. Yep. They used to think that by the time you were 15, 18 years old, your brain was stable. It was not going to change anymore. Like it was as developed as it was. And I thank God that they found out that none of us were stuck at age 15. It was like, aren't you glad that our brains can still change after we're 15? Oh, that would be That'd a be mess. pretty sad if we were... Yeah. <laughs> but they measure on a brain scan. It said the area of the brain that measures fight or flight, like if you're nervous and worked up, they can, if they would put you inside of a, of a scan, an MRI, that would be an enhanced one, and they could see what areas of your brain light up, the area of your brain that's like fight or flight is like that. So when we are fearful and we're stressed, this, these are the things that are going on yeah. inside of our, even our physical body. And then they said after this, 12 minutes of daily focused prayer, in eight weeks, they, they would put these people in the same scan and see that that area that was normally innervated with fight and flight was calmed down. Yeah. And the other area that actually produces this sense of well-being in your body was more lit up. Very, really, really interesting. We've been saying science is just catching up with the Bible. Right. And, you know, you think about this fight or flight, you know, and if you just hold on to your worry, you're telling God, I don't trust you. Yeah. I don't believe you're good. I don't believe you care about me. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you really start to take hold of that, you're telling God that. That'll change you. Yeah. That'll change you. Because not a single one of us in here want to be accusatory toward God. You don't care about me. I care about me more than you do. No, that's not right. What did Paul say? In everything through prayer and supplication with gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Make your request known to God. That means over and over and over. And don't take them back. When you find you've taken them back, give them right back to you. Ask God to forgive you. Call it a sin. Because then you'll stop doing it. Instead of saying, ah, this is my weakness. No, that's sin. And let's call it sin. Because then all of a sudden you're going to learn to hate sin. And you don't want to go there. You want to be one who's walking with God. Here, Lord, take this back. I'm asking you to forgive me because I did take it and I, I gave it to you. I, I, and I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to help me to release this to you and allow you to take care of it yeah. because you see the beginning yeah. and the end. And I am limited in what I can see and what I can do. When we do this and we continue to do this, it makes it easier for us to give God what we should be giving him. Yeah. It makes it easier for us to wait upon the Lord. Yes, yes. Because we all want our strength renewed. Amen? Amen. And this is God's instructions on how to do it. Yeah. Because it's the peace of God which passes all understanding. He's going to protect our hearts and our minds mm-hmm. through Christ Jesus. Yes. So we thank you, Father. Let's just pray as we close. Come to your throne of grace, Lord. Yes. As we, as we speak to you, Father, we do come to your throne of grace and we pray. And we know that you hear us. And God, I know that everybody in this room and people listening online, people are dealing with stuff. Sometimes just runaway thoughts of fear or anxiety and overstressed and exhausted Mm -hmm. and not knowing which way to turn. And so, Father, we come to you, and we do release these things to you. We maybe put them all in a box. We put them all in something inside of our mind that we can visualize and hand them to you. We are giving them to you. We're laying them at your feet, Lord. Whether it's a relationship issue or a health issue or just fear, some kind of financial burden, whatever indecision, I don't know what it might be, but whatever it is, God, we give it to you. We do cast our care. You say, come and make prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And we're thankful, Lord, that you hear us. And we're thankful that we remember that you're the God of the universe. You're the God of all creation. You are able 
to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what we could ask or think. And you can work all things somehow for good, Lord. And so we're trusting you. We're telling you, Lord, we trust you. That you're good, you're always faithful. And so no matter what it is that we're going through, we know you're with us. And so God, give us wisdom. Help us to know what to do. And Lord, if there's something that we can do about it, Give us wisdom and the courage to do what we can do. And then what else we can't do, we're just going to trust you with it. We're going to give it to you because you're far bigger and you're able Mm. and you're willing. You're willing. And my my little mind can't figure it all out. (laughs) But it feels safe, Lord. It feels secure when I just come under your wings. You know, that that scripture, it said, you give power to the weak and weary, and you lift us up on eagle's wings. Well, you're the eagle, Lord, and you're carrying us on your powerful wings. And so we trust you for that, Lord. We, We know your grace will sustain us. Your love will sustain us. We're thankful, Lord. We are thankful for that. We worship you, Jesus. You, you know that you don't have this kind of relationship with, with Jesus. You, you feel like you're on the outside. And if you haven't taken him as your Lord, you are on the outside and you're on your own. But today's the day that he's drawing you to himself because he loves you and he wants to protect you and keep you. He doesn't want to see you scatterbrained. He doesn't want to see you with your cup half full. He doesn't want to see you giving and offering people gloom and doom. He wants you to be a light in the world. He wants you to bring joy and peace and hope to everybody around you. And you cannot do that on your own. It's only when you give your life to Jesus that he comes and dwells within you. Pastor Mamie said it. She's quoting the Bible. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you bring a great and sweet fragrance to those around you. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to join this abundant life that he's offering you, I want you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it. And then we'll pray and you'll be born again. The greatest miracle of all times will happen. You will be born again. 